Welcome to Left of the Throne, a Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon review podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Monterullo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Oh, just uh, rocking out with some GNR there. Um, when you first suggested we do a Guns N' Roses song, I've, my my reaction was like, ugh, not a fan. Because uh, I'm not a big Guns N' Roses fan, never have been. But, you know, I, I started mixing that track uh, before we started the episode. And- well, you, you were a Nirvana fan in the 90s. That's like that's like if I was, uh, you know, you were a Yankee fan. I was like, hey, do you want to go to this Red Sox game? Like, you know, it's not. Right, right. <laughs> and, tough- and, and grunge rock was in a lot of ways a rejection of, right. the, you know, eight, late 80s hair metal. I would argue Guns N' Roses was better than just your average hair metal band but right they were more thrash you know it was it was very um there was a time when you know that's that's kind of like what rock was and then people got tired of that and they were like hey what if i just like mumbled and screamed in coherent word (laughs) microphone and played you know the same three fucking chords the whole song and and, never soloed and right yeah and when people were like so what does it feel like to be the voice of a generation? And you just lean over to the microphone. I don't know what the fuck. And then he's, oh, my God, he's a genius. Right. <laughs> Put him on a fucking T-shirt. Uh, but, but you know, I think actually society was kind of proven right on that. When you look at when you listen to like a Nirvana song thing, you're like, wow, this is still some of the most innovative, insanely, you know, creative shit that doesn't sound like anything else on radio before or since it. But it just was like this weird lightning in a bottle, you know, thing. Um, but yeah, yeah, never fade away, you know. Burn, no. burn out by the twenty age twenty seven, and um, you know, where's Axel these days? How many uh, forehead surgeries oh has he had? Like, where? God, have you seen like any videos of them performing recently? It's it's pretty sad. I, no, I haven't, and I'm not going to. But I, yeah, I still, I, I dig this track though. We'll we'll play. It's out a great. It's one of their the better songs. The end, but uh, and. I, I'm actually, and that's weird. Like, I, I have a very eclectic music taste where I do love Nirvana. They're one of my favorite bands, but I also do like the shit that they sort of lampooned and were not were not a fan of, like bands like Guns N' Roses, because I do think that they were among you know among their peers one of the best because they weren't so much focused on like the looks and shit. They just you know they played really hard music and and they just happened to be you know in that era like you know with all the other hair bands but they weren't as vapid as most of those were musically i mean personality wise they were you know shitheads like every other you know big rock band of the 80s but yeah well they kind of i mean they they definitely you know got the idea of throw putting on a rock opera you know right they had they had that down (laughs) so no no, i mean look november rain one of the i think one of the greatest ballads of all time i'll put that up there with any you know song of that nature like rock music but totally Anyway, uh, yeah, so obviously the reason we chose that song, though, is because is of the lyrics to it, because we are obviously in the <laughs> in the throes of the the Dance of the Dragons, the Targaryen Civil War, and we're here to review the final two episodes of season one of House of the Dragon, uh, incredible revelation uh, that I was not expecting when we 
first started hearing about the show. And I think we talked about that in the first episode, how, you know, like after the first episode when we reviewed it, I was just like, I was not. And I think you probably had a similar thought until we kind of saw maybe like the final trailer is like, this show is like, it doesn't do anything for me. Like the Targaryens are not particularly interesting, you know, inherently or so, you know, that was, I think my, our initial thought for the most part going into the series before we had seen it. And I, I feel like, you know, Ryan Condal, Miguel Sapochnik and every, all the other got people involved in like writing the show and running the show uh, really, really it completely blew my expectations away with this show because it's, it just, it feels like peak vintage game of Thrones, you know, all, all the best shit we love from that show. Um, which, you know, again, I, I, I think we would argue is a much more consistent show than like the, the, the casual game of Thrones fans would have you believe like from season one through the end of season eight, I, I feel like, you know, especially now that I'm rewatching it, I'm still just getting those same vibes are like, this show is fucking great. It's always fucking great. Like it, then I never, you know, there are episodes that it dips. I'm talking about the original game of Thrones. Obviously there's episodes where it dips, but I mean, if you look back season to season, like a bunch of awesome, excellently executed shit goes down and uh yeah i, I just it, it, it's crazy how well that show holds up and i think yeah. that well, people, people just don't remember that. too they don't they don't no, remember they don't. things and you know a lot they remember of the like, discourse more than they remember their feelings watching it which is an unfortunate byproduct yeah. of and, and we've, we've, we've talked about this to death but you know just listing off all the amazing things that happen in the that people love the scenes but they for some reason didn't like the season right like like hey remember when john comes back from the dead and hey remember when you know do you you remember what season battle of the bastards was in like because i do but right but they love that episode but but they they people all over the season like really right exactly what what makes up the season if not the scenes that are contained within it so fucking (laughs) stupid hey remember that awesome fucking the, the 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 supply train fucking battle where they where you know Jamie almost gets burnt to a crisp. How fucking awesome that! Like every scene in the, in those last three seasons was. Hey, remember that time they got trapped in like the the fucking uh, uh, what uh, what's the western movie the the Seven Samurai. Seven, well, yeah, yeah, Magnificent Seven Seven Samurai, where they get trapped on the fucking ice island and they're like you know trying not to get killed by the fucking you know the white walk How, again well oh yeah what season was that from oh season seven or season i, I think it was season seven it was season seven um you, you know the season everyone's like oh, is trying to claim sucks now it's like yeah okay whatever you don't remember it but but no but so and the reason i even bring that up is because i just again i'm reminded of you know how awesome that show was and i and it and the show just perfectly seamlessly slid in there to what to the point where it's just you know game game of thrones season 0.5 uh and i and it doesn't feel at all like it's it's you know its own thing but in a good way it's it it reminds you of what you loved about that show um and you know obviously we have we have critiques of elements of the show that aren't you know quite at that level yet but i i was very pleasantly surprised overall by the season yeah well, I think a lot of these, a lot of the criticisms are very much made in bad faith, and they are done so to make money, right? If you want to get people to click on something, tell them something they're bound to disagree with, right? So this was the headline from uh, Los Angeles Times yesterday: How House of the Dragons fumbled its season one finale to set up season two. What? Like, how could you know if it did that if you haven't seen season two yet? <laughs> Yeah, how could but you, also, like, like you, I feel like you if, fucking predict the future. Really, like that's the episode you watch and think that they fumbled it. Like, 
Maybe episode like five or six, you could say that, but like, it feels like crazy to say that about one of the better episodes of the series, in my opinion. And I mean, did maybe they only watched the first half of the episode and they don't know like all the other things that happened that created a perfect cliffhanger for the second season. Right. (laughs) It's it's like more people will tune in to see like what's going to happen next than ever before. I mean, like, I I don't know. They just, they they rate this shit to get clicks. It's clickbait. We've talked about before, even on, on the political show is like that. What happens is a copy editor is like, Hey, what will, what will, uh, drive a lot of rage engagement on Twitter. Like, Hey, let's write this really contrarian article. And they just have a headline preset and they shoot it out to all their freelancers. And like, Hey, who wants 300 bucks? Write me an article that fits this headline. I, that's, that's really what most, uh, online news is now and online review and opinion pieces. And it's really sad. And it's actually leading to like <laughs> the, the downfall of society in many ways, because it just creates this constant, you know, manufactured rage and it i think it really just genuinely seeps into the the discourse and the culture in a in a very negative way but i mean that's that's not something we'll be able to solve on this podcast but it's just I, that whenever i see an article like that that's my immediate thought is like well that person yeah. doesn't even give a fuck like uh, I, i'd be shocked if that person even watches the show like more than casually yeah. so. or it's even just part of hbo's marketing campaign like we need right. to have we need to have people talking about the show for good or ill and, well, and- you can stir up a little bit of controversy like hey we need somebody to write some good articles we need somebody to write some piece of shit articles to get people talking to get people you know right recording podcasts about our fucking tv show right like how hey we have this really mediocre movie in the uh, in the docket like what who can we cast that's like that's like a, a, a either a racial swap or a gender swap or some sort of a change to the established canon of this ip that's going to get a bunch of right wingers angry angrily boycotting the movie so that a bunch of dumb liberals will go and watch it and claim it's the best movie ever out of spite even though this movie is like mediocre as fuck that's just the entire marketing strategy for hollywood in 2022 uh for most of it at least yeah i I shouldn't say entire but yeah the uh the, the good chunk a big chunk of the marketing strategy so anyway but these these two episodes i thought were excellent in their own ways um i i i you know i'm i'm biased towards episode 10 because I'm biased towards towards Renera and her crew, and and uh, episode nine, we spent a lot of time with a bunch of characters I don't fucking like, and I still found the episode to be really good overall. So I mean, that really says a lot about I think the the quality of the show is that we could spend time with almost completely unredeemable, unlikable characters in, in episode nine. Very few characters, you know, who aren't like total shit heels, uh, but it still ends up being a, a pretty good episode. Um, I, I, some of the stuff I felt was like a little heavy handed. I, I, I didn't love the, the show, not tell sort of nature of it, uh, you know, the tell not show, you know, they're, they, you're supposed to show not tell, but they didn't really with like Aegon and sort of the, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like the, the whole, the whole, like he's, he's like a sociopath thing is a little undercooked to me that this is all of a sudden a thing now in episode nine, where we find out that he's like you know, like, like raping his chambermaids and like, you know, we we like, I don't know. It, it just, I think it's, it's, it's maybe just a consequence of the fact that the show had to time jump so many times that we mm-hmm. have only had like two episodes <clears throat> with, with adult Aegon. Who's, well, you know, I think it serves the purpose of, of, you know, some people not knowing, you know, like the two errands, um, you know, one of them is very aware of the transgressions and the other one wants Eric's. to kind of 
Eric's. It, well, it Eric's. was. It's actually Eric and Eric. Which, Eric, which, Eric and Eric. Which, which yeah. go fuck yourself, George Martin. Like really, Seriously. Eric and Eric. Exactly. So and they look like, identical. It, so it, it was hard to tell like which one was in support. I'm, of I'm pretty sure they're identical twins. Was, right. Right. No. The, I mean, exactly. It's one guy playing both of them, but it. it I think that you know the fact that we have it's only kind of rumored all the awful things he does, and you know we see the very, you know the very, very blonde haired kid in the uh, kindergarten fight club um, that's implied to be one of his kids, yeah, uh, and that he might be you know deliberately having Mm. bastards in order to make money in his fight club, (laughs) which which again (laughs) is like it's just so like I don't know to me I just feel like if they're they're obviously gonna try to make this guy into like the next Joffrey sort of character or like a similar sort of archetype and you know we've seen a lot of archetypes on this show like with with you know characters who who certainly you know Otto obviously there's a lot of elements of of um of Littlefinger you know obviously we see the same thing with Laris you know there's certainly elements of 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 um Jamie with Damon with obviously a little bit more sinister turns at times but oh just a touch <laughs> well no i mean look jamie did horrible shit too jamie fucking tried to kill bran you know in the first episode you know it, it's just but that's what i mean like there's there's elements of these characters where they certainly were like you know this person is is not a facsimile but certainly an echo of this other character that you know and love so we're gonna mm-hmm. try to you know just 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 for familiarity's sure. sake sure. but um well, but, I, but I Aegon, the, the show's definitely like it's it's. There's been several scenes where, you know, things are alluded to, and people assume something in that scene that we've never actually seen as the audience, right? And I think that kind of goes along with sort of the unreliable narrator uh, mode of the source material, you know, where it's right. like here's what people, different people think different things. And here's why they're going to go to war is because they misunderstood something. <laughs> well, and right. that's right. And that's kind of the great thing about this show is, is it, it is, it does play a lot on the thing. We always talked about how people are slaves to sort of prophecy and visions and, and, wh- and what, you know, damage that, that wreaks on this, on this world, but how it also, you know, in some, some cases like saves everyone's fucking lives, like, you know, with, with Melisandre in the final season, but like, it, it's a, it's a just very interesting thing that the show plays with, but, but just broadly on Aegon before we get off that, I just, I don't, I don't know that we've spent enough time with him for me to give a shit about him one way or another on this, on this season, which, right. you know, it, it, cause I, I mean, can you think of like anything memorable he's said or and I'm not, I'm not like saying specific lines, but like, I, I don't know. I just feel like he, he his character is a little undercooked because they're just, yeah. You know. Well, uh, this is still sort of the, um, you know, the pretext to the real meat of that well, book, which, from my understanding, but and you know, well, but and, that's that's fine. I mean, they 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 had to focus so much on you know the two or three main characters, I think, to really sell the show, rather than having right. a, a jillion different characters in different places all over that. You know, we're not really supposed to know much about him. He's just, you know, he's a little piece of shit. I, I almost wonder if, like, the show would have been. To know. Yeah, I almost wonder if the show would have been better. I, I do like how much we got out of the younger versions of Renair and Allison. I almost wonder if this show would have been better off, like, aging up to the adult version, like in episode three or episode four, rather than giving them the full five. Ep- I don't know. I just just something to give it a little more time. But I guess it just. It's a minor thing. It's a minor quibble. And again, like now that I'm thinking about it, when you think about Joffrey, when he becomes king, we he he really is almost a complete unknown character at that point. Like the only real like douchebaggery you see of him is after uh, he gets attacked by uh, one of the, one of the um, one of the dire wolves, and like you know Cer- Cersei has 
Sansa's killed. He has but like, like a slight cut on his arm, and it's, right, yeah, little fucking like, bitch. Because I was beat. murdered, right? <laughs> um, and and then yeah, and then Sansa like, or then Cersei's like, no, nah, I just I need one of them dead. I don't I don't give a shit which one. You know, I want one of those fuckers yeah. dead. Um, which you know, not our best moment, but uh, that that one of her few unjustified little rage fits there. I think most of the rest of the time I was like, yeah, they, they had that coming. They had that coming. No, um, and certainly not the dog. Her, her most significant dog. one, <laughs> her most significant one, like everyone had that shit coming that, that had that, that, that happened too, you know, in season seven. But, um, but no, yeah, I, I just, you know, there's, um, uh, I, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. But yeah, so in any event, just, you know, it, it was just interesting to see that that element of it. But I think obviously this uh, season, like you said, was focused a lot more on the sort of uh, Renera versus Allison camps and like sort of establishing those sides because, I mean, Aegon is is more or less a pawn to his grandfather's fucking schemings. I mean, you know, basically he's the one running the kingdom and we saw that he was running the kingdom as of a couple months you know prior anyway like when when Viserys was like a fucking walking crypt keeper corpse and couldn't you know do or do or say anything of, of consequence like he was running the fucking kingdom sitting in the chair making decisions um and regardless he was just so, standing in front of it or no no he was actually sitting I, I, in, the, point, in yeah. the in the whatever episode the Viserys dies he's sitting in it and that's when he yeah he pops in the room and fucking you know 30 minutes later makes it makes it to the front of the room to oh yeah. god um apparently um uh damon picking up his crown and putting it back on his head was something that matt smith uh improvised in rehearsal and so they shot it and stuck with it there, there's um, a lot of interesting stuff he does with the character that i don't know is on the page but i really think makes him a much more three-dimensional yeah, interesting character. Yeah, I, th- I think you know, maybe it's probably not in all cases this is it, but I, I definitely think because uh, I, I don't, I mean, I don't like who Damon is, but I, he's a great character. I think uh, he's the best written Matt character Smith on the show is, because, yeah, it, like I think Matt Smith probably you know knows this character. Like he, he's just made choices in his head to decide that he knows this character better than some of the writers that you've uh, had some criticism of. Right. And I'm not, I'm not even going to get bogged down into that. Cause that's, it's stupid, but like the whole, but no, I, and I genuinely, and again, I don't think he's like a great person. I think he's far and away. I mean, Renera's up there, but he's far and away for me, the most interesting and like well fleshed out character on the show. And like, he's the most layered character maybe is the way I should phrase it. Cause there's a lot of, even in this episode, there's a ton of interesting shit. And, you know, even like with the, the bad things he, and the heinous things he does in this episode, there's a lot of interesting, like why as to why he does those things, not justification, Mm -hmm. but certainly interesting, you know, things about his, his character and like why he, his motivation. Who is the writer who uh, you quoted that had the problem with uh, people liking his character? Uh, Sarah Hess, who I think was, she wrote episode yeah. nine and she wrote episode six, I believe, which uh, the uh, the episode where, where uh, Lena, uh, uh, you know, Dracarys is herself. Um, right. And that was like the episode that famously whoever, you know, cut the episode, cut the scene of, of Damon, like 
having a nice tender moment with with his daughters and like consoling them after their mother's death and like even the actresses who played his daughters like posted screenshots of it on Instagram. they were kind of pissed about it. it's whatever it's a stupid thing but yeah it's clearly well, I did, like i did see a little some... passage from uh the actual book uh which i you know, of course haven't read but um so the text from the book says that uh you know he he, he that he was an anti-hero and that half the people loved him and half the people despised him right so it, you know the idea that like some people watching the show would like that would see qualities in him that they find endearing like how could you as a writer not and understand and, that <laughs> but also like you've you've seen the show you've edited the show you see that he has a lot of moments of heroism in in, in terms of like things that he does to characters you don't like but the and, whole show is the, the whole last 10 years of this tv show is about people like that how right, could you that's get what so I mean. bent up about one of those people that's that's what i mean like there and look right. again jamie, jamie lannister objectively probably not a great person like he's done a lot of bad shit but we kind of love him by the end of the series because we see the kind of tender relationship he has with his brother and how he I mean, they, protects him at all like all of them all every character almost every show, character fucking hounds look at the hound yeah, except for maybe Podrick, you know, like oh, yeah, Podrick. <laughs> or Podrick. Yeah. Yeah. Podrick didn't do anything wrong. Gendry didn't really do anything wrong. I mean, outside of those guys, it's kind of it's a tough slog. John really didn't do anything wrong except be a fucking big dummy constantly. Yeah, <laughs> big I, horrible. I, I don't know. He's he's just. I mean, he did the right thing in the end, that's for sure. But well, and and I love I love that that again they just implied that the Starks are fucking morons. There's like there's never been a Stark that's broken his oath. Just go up there. It's a formality at this point. Just make sure he's still on board. <laughs> They're like, yeah, it's a fucking stupid decision, but he's for sure going to stay with us because he, you know, he swore, so he's 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 trapped now. Um, yeah. I love that canonically the Starks are just fucking buffoons, but. Um, but yeah, so, all right. So yeah, I mean, in, in terms of episode nine, we kind of talked about it a little bit on the uh, regular show we do, but, uh, you know, obviously the big moments of the episode were the just, just fucking weird ass, uh, scene with Laris and Allison in the, uh, in her chambers, uh, and, and, oh, and the foot fetish thing. Yeah. yeah. And his, 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 his payment for all of the, the, the fucking, the sneaky work that he does for her. Um, which, you know, I, we knew he had to have some sort of ulterior motive. I thought it was more like he wants like a, like, you know, some sort of elevated status and not so much that like he likes, you know, jacking it to her feet. But I mean, I guess, you know, it's not unheard of for a Game of Thrones character, but um yeah that 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 was a weird that was a weird fucking twist um i, I just wonder like because you know we clearly don't see how this relationship developed but like how like i was wondering like how did how did he approach this right what was how did he broach it the first time like because he know, doesn't say anything real directly he's always like very kind of like says things sideways you know like you know be be beneficial to you know both of us <laughs> if i were to be able to uh view you uh, your grace's feet. Uh, you gotta wonder what he, he did didn't for mind t- too much. I might just jack it a little bit. <laughs> what do you think about that? Right. Well, she was, was like, she was like, just like, well, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't like wearing <laughs> shoes all the time. I guess I, you know, I'm gonna figure something out here. <laughs> I don't know. It just it would seem like a, like extremely awkward subject. To well, and, and it's funny because like he's already done the worst things before she was even allowing that because like for her because he killed he fucking killed you know, the entire, like his father and his brother and the entire strong household basically burned them alive before that was even an arrangement with her because he wasn't even like really that close with her at that point. So you got to wonder what he did to for her to be like, yeah, fuck. All right. I guess I have to. Uh, but, you know, whatever. Is that, is that a pen you're clicking? 
Yeah. Oh, you can hear that. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, I can definitely hear that. I've been hearing um, it for about five minutes now. No. Oh well. Uh, well, now. No. Um. But uh, yeah. So that's you know, just just yeah, fucking weird. And then the scene at the end, which you know, again, I don't I don't want to get bogged down into it. I I still don't think it makes sense. I think it's. I, I I'm less like thrilled by it after I saw Ryan Condal's explanation, the showrunner's explanation of it, where he basically was just like, well, you know, she knows it's going to, it would start a war, but she just didn't want to do that to another mother. And like, I guess that's, I'm not saying that's not on the page. I feel like that's a silly reason to have that scene, but sure. But like, what about the, you know, presumingly, you know, dozens of mothers that were killed as the dragon right as the, the fucking, fucking as the rubble like at the 300 fucking common folk that you murdered as you you know and again not even her like i wouldn't even care about that if she'd just flown away but the fact that she like well, i just feel so, like it could have been blocked better like i that's, like that's exactly because that room was packed full of like oh hundreds she, of she people. killed hundreds of people like and conservatively, she knew yeah. they were all there but here's the thing so you know whatever whatever you know, doorway the dragon normally takes in and out of that uh, thing, um, you know, down below in the basement or wherever. Right. We don't really know how big it is down there because every time they go down there, it's fucking, you know, lit by torch. So right. who knows how many caverns or whatever. But clearly there is an easier way to break out of the building without killing dozens of people. Right. So, they, they got in. They must be able to get out. <laughs> like, right. So if it was just about having, you know, like a a grand exit, Sure. Okay. But then like, how did she not get crushed to death in the process? Cause she's on that thing's back as it bursts up through the floor. Well, and you also uh, commit a, you commit a war crime too. I mean, where you're killing a bunch yes, of, I'm well, not really I, at war yet, but well, you know, but, that's, the, but like you're killing a bunch of innocent civilians. You're, you're way, you're, if you're at all sympathetic to Renera's cause, which we know she is from this up from episode 10, why would you want to immediately turn the people of King's Landing against your cause by killing 300 of them indiscriminately? Just I, mean, for I don't dis- think it was quite 300, but, you know, cl- clearly, whatever, you know, like a, a, a sure. bunch of them. So what, what to your point really, though, is like, OK, so she couldn't do that to a mother, couldn't kill a mother and her kid, you know, but if, if they're royals but if they're just the fucking folks at flea bottom that were forced to go there against their will right you didn't even want to go there they were herded into that building so the only way that i can kind of make sense of it is to come up with a sort of an excuse in my head which was like she burst up through there fully intending to kill you know the 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 new king uh and the and queen and elicent um but just couldn't bring herself to do it when she kind of turned the dragon around and walked up to them and then she made up a an excuse in her own mind, right? You know that it was that it was you know she just could. I mean, maybe she couldn't do it because she had that sympathy with someone she knew, but she clearly didn't have that sympathy for a bunch of strangers who didn't want to be there in the first place, right? <laughs> so, right. And, 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 like, but I think that you know even if they don't intend that to be her real motivation, you know the fact that she's still on the fence about who she's supporting, you know, well into the end of the finale, uh, before we finally see her you know finally getting her act together uh i I think sort of lends itself to the you know the idea that she um she has some internal conflict too you know she's not you know she's i love when characters will give a stated reason for something that is a cover for the real reason and they may not even know the real reason and they may they may have convinced themselves of that cover reason because that's exactly they've had to tell themselves exactly so because damon confronts her and says so you had a chance you could have roasted them and you didn't 
Right. So the, the fact that he confessed her about it shows that kind of like, hey, you know, you could have been a, if you really wanted to show your support, you could have done a solid. <laughs> right. <solid there." laughs> right. Like uh, so. So like, know. I think that you know, I haven't rewatched the second to last episode. I have rewatched the finale um, once now, but I, I feel like I want to go back and watch that scene again just to kind of like get a better look at her performance and kind of see like, you know, was she really like about yeah, to do it and, and then stopped at the last second, you know, cause then, then it would make sense to me, I guess. And I think they did a good enough job selling it in the 10th episode for that reason. But I just, again, I think the scene was it just in a meta sense was invented. Cause like, Hey, this is a cool scene. Have her burst through the floor. Yeah, and, and like, I, I agree. It was cool as shit to see. And I probably, if I was inventing that scene that didn't exist in the books, if I wanted to do that scene, I probably would have, put uh uh Aegon's dragon in the fucking throne room because there have been dragons in the throne room before and just had it to the point where like the dragons kind of had a square off and then her dragon took off like so that it wasn't a matter of he she had the chance to burn them but didn't it was a matter of like they were she you know th- she burst through the floor to show intimidation and then the other dragons started protecting them and, the, and her dragon took off like that could have been a way to block it where it didn't sort of break yeah, logic. But I don't, it's, it's I don't really care. It was pretty cool. I, I will admit, um, you know, because, you know, anytime there's a big event, something bad's going to happen on this <laughs> right. show. But uh, and I feel like actually the episode probably would have been pretty dull if there wasn't some sort of big set piece, because it was it was very much like a you're spending this whole episode with characters you mostly loathe. People like fucking Kristen Cole and a couple of brothers named Eric that you've never fucking heard of until the set. You know, like <laughs> right. you, you needed to have something kind of like to break the monotony of, of, of spending so much time with the greens. Yeah. Well, I, I also I, I like that, uh, you know, that sort of face off with them where they all know that she could have burned to a crisp and she doesn't, you know, is, is also kind of a power move. You know, for her going forward where it's like, yeah, the only reason you're alive is because of me. So you owe me. Right. That. Right. So I, I feel like that's kind of like. But they're not going to give a shit. I own... mean, now that she's joined up with Renera at this no, point. They're gonna no, no. Like, oh, well, you know. But in her mind, in her mind, sure. she sees them as, you know, owing her. And, you know, we'll see how that plays out in the future. But you can tell that she definitely has like her her own ideas about some certain things and may have her own agenda, if, you know. Right. She clearly like was willing to fight against you know the brother of her husband <laughs> who who <laughs> wanted the throne of um uh well which 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 castle was it uh, uh Valerian House Valerian uh, yeah Driftmark, exactly Driftmark. so she she clearly is you know <laughs> even though she says she doesn't have any lust for power like I I don't believe that at all she's just gotten no, I mean she she tired of fighting she, for it but was the rightful you know by by blood she was the rightful queen you know heir to the throne and she kind of had it taken away from her because of the the patriarchal nature of of the sort of like right. society modeled on other medieval societies yeah um, I, I just I think that she was fine sitting out until they locked her in that room and yeah, then she like, was like, oh, no, fuck serious? no, <laughs> like, fuck no, like you, you, I've put up with enough shit. And then, you know, when you see her on that dragon, she's wearing her fucking armor, you know, she had that right. huge, like, you know, the red scales on her chest and the huge shoulder pieces. I was like, oh, OK, I don't I see her in a totally different light now. <laughs> so. I, I could have sworn I saw uh, unrelated. I could have sworn I saw a promo photo of Renera wearing like super badass looking dragon art, like dragon scale armor. Did that not um, happen, or am I just forgetting when that happened on the show? I don't recall her ever having uh, armor. I, I, maybe se. maybe this is like a Mandela effect thing, but I could have sworn I saw that shit. And obviously, they didn't film like a scene of her in in battle, or maybe they did, and they fu- I don't know. Who knows? 
Um, but but I love that the, the whole reason she doesn't fly herself, I mean, besides the fact that you don't want to have the queen fucking out there in open skies. Well, she's always fucking pregnant. <laughs> well, that, well, she just gave birth like that episode, like 10 minutes earlier. So they're like, well, fuck, we got to send Jason Luke. Can't do it myself. Uh, but we'll get to that. So I just want to wrap up nine. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, and I just think the interesting, you know, what we all inevitably knew was going to happen was that like, oh, fuck, don't leave. Stop leaving. The second you leave. They're going to fucking, you know, they're going to put him on the throne. And obviously they probably would have done that anyway and maybe killed Rhaenyra. So it's, it's you know, ultimately it's good that she left when she did. Like she left at the perfect time because I'm sure she would have gotten locked in a room as well and then brought before the new king and been like, hey, well, you know, we'll let you live if you swear fealty to him or we'll cut your fucking head off. Um, and Seriously. you know, she would have gotten her head cut off. So, I mean, it, it is what it and is. It would have been but... Sir Kristen to do it too. Cause apparently oh. this, this lowborn son of a bitch can kill any prick. highborn or he wants to and get away with it. I don't he's know how that works. Such a little fucking incel prick. Like, yeah, I can't say he's, th- they did a great job of a character. I was like, Oh yeah, he's this nice noble guy that Renair has got a thing for turning him into just the biggest fucking cunt on the show uh, on a show full of them. Like it's, it's, it's pretty remarkable. That's one of the best, uh, sort of you know turns they've done this season um i guess so i hope they don't try to make me like him later on because oh, I, I, I i can't <laughs> imagine ever liking his character like if, for after all the shit he's done i mean not not to you know say that any you know bad things shouldn't happen to highborn people but how does he get to keep getting away with this no he literally fucking murders a guy on the king's council and and, and is and everyone just like doesn't even say anything should I, we, I, uh, you know, you know, cl- get a doctor, clean up some of that blood? Nope, nope, not until <laughs> no, meetings adjourned. Sorry, nope. not until we finish this shit. I, I do love that, uh, that scene. You know, I love the fact that that's sort of a canonical thing that that the sort of, um, the the Lord Commander of the Night's Watch is usually like a really honorable, decent guy and like doesn't stand for this sort of horse shit. You know, we saw it with uh, Barristan Selmy in the original Game of Thrones, and we see it. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Sir Harold in, in this episode where he's just like, yeah, fuck this shit. I'll I'll turn my fucking cloak in before I serve your your fucking stupid son's they just, ass. They have too many like, you know, like uh, bald guys with beards in that <laughs> outfit, though, where I'm just like, wait, is this a different guy or is that the same right. guy? I can't. Well, he, he's he's great. That guy's great. I don't even know his name, but he's got a great character actor face and he's he's always popping up in random well, shit. Yeah, sure. It's just there's another there's a different guy that looks I know, exactly I know. like him right. in the finale. And I was just like, wait, is right, that the one who helps? Right. Yeah, right. It's yeah. You never know which which one it yeah. is. But that guy's great. I, I, I hope he pops up again, uh, you know, with Renera's uh, Renera's side and kind of helps them out. Because, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he will since yeah, he's, he's willing like, to quit his very cushy job in order to you know maintain some more right ground. and we get another great scene of that you know with another member of the night's watch uh or the king's guard rather uh later in this in, in episode 10 but see so, yeah that that was pretty much episode nine uh good episode even though you know it was, it spent a lot of time was spent with characters that don't really have a ton of redeemable qualities um outside of outside of Rainus, but well, and I feel like because uh, they really did two different finales, you know, because they didn't right. That was their finale, and, and Renera's finale was the next. And episode. you really, you really feel you know trapped with them, so you really have empathy, right? Uh, <laughs> towards the end of that, we were like, yeah, I want to get the fuck out of this place too. <laughs> right. People are terrible, right? Um, I, I do feel like um, the the little the little balls that everybody on the small console had were create were created just for the purpose of having that guy get his fucking skull crushed right, and they were a show <laughs> creation too so like you, you yeah right. i'm sure he probably like slid his throat in the book or whatever yeah or maybe yeah. didn't even do it but um so yeah and so that was episode nine episode 10 
I, I I thought was incredible. I thought it was maybe one of the best, maybe the best of the series for my, from my perspective, because I just thought for there was so many for my money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I was like, that's weird saying, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, you do yeah, pay for we, an HBO Max. I guess, yeah, no, that's right? true. I do. Uh, what yeah. you know? It's weird. I use my my parents' login because I've always just had it signed in on my TVs. But I now pay for HBO on my cable because I got like a package deal where it's like basically yeah. Free. There you go. You're, so I do. I guess in a way, pay pay for my money. It was the best episode <laughs> of the season. Um, but. So, you know, a lot of really interesting things of consequence happen and I'll, I will jump around, but I'll try to keep it in like a loose order. But sure. I, I do love the so, I mean, you know, I say it opens sort of with her uh, w- w- another scene of, of Renera in childbirth, just a brutal, miserable fucking childbirth, uh, which the show loves to do. Uh, and, and you know, as it's going on, Damon is there like at the fucking, you know, I, <sighs> Again, this is just speaks to the fucking two sides of the coin that's Damon because he's just being a, a fucking insensitive prick where he's just like not everyone's like, do you want to like stop? Like you hear your wife like screaming like she's fucking dying in the other room because she's given birth. And he's just like, listen, we got to, you know, just back to the fucking the plan, just totally ignoring them. Um, But it, again, like when the kid does die and again, I, I don't know if it was blocked weird, but it, it seemed to me like. It was I'm assuming the kid was was stillborn was dead when it came out, but yes. I also don't think it helped that like she plopped it out onto the fucking stone floor, like if it was alive. Well, <laughs> I don't know was... if you could tell from the shot, but it was like it. So in in the book, it like it was rumored that the the child was born like it was half dragon, like its the, the skin was <laughs> deformed, those, right, and it had like a, a partial tail. Right, so you could if you if you look at it again, you could tell there's something wrong with its skin. Like it oh. looked like its skin was burnt. Maybe from from its father not practicing proper hand hygiene after handling the fucking crab feeder way back. When. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he passed it through his fucking his seed into the fucking kid. <laughs> the kid's got dragon so, skin. But yeah, I mean, the kid was it wasn't just born early, but it was like it was fucked up. Right. Its skin was deformed. Well, maybe that's also because it's like the pro the 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 fucking you know the whatever the. <laughs> offspring of of an inc- uh, multiple levels of incest relationship seriously but it's it, you know it's also like do you really need more kids like you just pe- like there is no pulling out in 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 westeros whatsoever there is just no. not even like you, you you know she's not like i need another kid right now as we're you know as as she knows her father's about to die and there's gonna be a major conflict like i'm sure she wasn't like hey let's have another kid but there's just no concept of like not having kids in this fucking world i guess if if you're if there's a serious risk that your child could be eaten by a fucking dragon then you probably would want to have some more on you know on standby (laughs) just just in case right but you know maybe just don't have him do fucking dangerous shit like flying a giant lizard through the fucking air right that's right i keep i keep looking at that i'm like what's if you just let go of that thing what's holding you on there seriously nothing absolutely nothing and there's no fucking real steering or whatsoever to speak of at least show them like put some kind of rope around their waist so you know that like if they you know (laughs) if they split it wouldn't fly off so that is i think a thing in the books is there's more of a harness set up for a lot of these situations and they also like use whips in the book to and i'm glad they didn't they didn't bring that into the show because i don't i feel like i couldn't root for a character that's like whipping a fucking dragon as it's riding i like that the fact that it's more of a a consensual I mean, relationship on the w- show 
yeah. in the books, their scales are, you know, impenetrable. So you would I, think I'm sure that, it doesn't know, hurt it, but like, <laughs> you know, I, I, it just, oh, I, no, it's a visual, I, you know. I've been to Ringling Brothers protests over the right, retreat you, of elephants. So yeah, I get it. I get it. It's just a visual thing where even though it probably doesn't hurt it at all, you're just like, I don't want to see that out of a character I like. But, um, but no, so I, she's given birth and then, you know, but then obviously the kid dies. We get another funeral scene at the same spot where that let where the you know the other funeral was held in the same spot where damon and renera got married it's like a very you know it's a, it's a, look, look it's a it's a fucking hot spot for weddings and funerals in, in in dragonstone it's like got a great view like where else are you gonna have this shit so Seriously. um but you know so they so that that's that that was going on and then you know right after that you get this really kind of touching scene where where um one of the Eric's <laughs> shows up, uh, the one, the, the good one, the one who, the one who actually, uh, he was like the, the fucking private security for Aegon. He's like, I know what, how, how big of a fucking psycho this kid is. Like nobody should be you know listening to this guy. So I, I like that sort of, so aspect he was of the character. one who was trying to tell the other about all the bad shit he was doing. Right. Yes. He was the one who was gotcha. like, I'm, he's my personal, like you know, whatever charge. And I know what a fucking psycho he is. I would never serve this guy as King. Like this is a nightmare. Right. So that's, I mean, that's to the point where he fucking not only defects and is, you know, like commits treason by, by their, you know, illegitimate, you know, claim to the throne. He, he in their eyes, he commits treason, but he fucking steals Viserys's crown, which, which is another great little detail. That yeah. I don't know that well, he was caught. dead, so he wasn't really using it. But yeah, I thought that, I <laughs> well, thought that but was still, great... that's like stealing like the Queen's crown. Like, I'm oh, sure they, they wouldn't be totally. thrilled if you did it, you know? I mean, I was like, damn, this guy's got chivalry fucking down. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, th- I think, uh, you know, almost certainly we're going to see these two twin brothers fight each other on the battlefield at some point. I right. um, feel like that's being set up. Another Mountain and the Hounds type standoff. That's or... right. Clegane Bowl part two. Right. Fuck it. Uh, the, the, although the, you won't be able to tell which one's which. Fucking Eric Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, a but I love e. yeah. But I love that scene where he shows up and he like pledges like, you know, pledges to her cause and like gives her the crown or what well, he doesn't give her the crown. He Damon takes the crown, sees that it's his brother's crown and, and actually, you know, he, that was another nice moment right. for Damon, where it's just like they, you know, he he's he contains multitudes. He has like this, well, and, and it's it's still it's like this fucking this awful monarch, uh, you know, patriarchal uh, monarchy system that is awful. But it's like the first time we've seen somebody actually act honorably, uh, like the whole season, <laughs> right? No, in <laughs> this like, episode, pretty right, much. It reminds you like what what this you know these titles are supposed to mean to these people, right? who actually, you know, uh, care about things like pledging loyalty. You know, when you see Brienne of Tarth, you know, bend the knee and swear, uh, you know, loyalty to whoever, you know, the Stark mother. Um, and you can tell it like deeply means something to her. It, it kind of like reminds us like, oh, yeah, this is why these people would go and fight wars for somebody who is rich and doesn't care about them because they, they <laughs> like these oaths meant something to these people in right. the system. Right, so we're supposed to mean something, right? In theory, and so now I really like that scene where Dan and and, you know, there's Matt Smith again, just doing incredible acting. Uh, the scene where he's holding Viserys's crown and he has that moment where he pauses and like looks at it, and it's just everything that we know about his character. You know what's going through his head and all the you know the different 
conflicting emotions, but he does the right thing and he puts it on Renera's head and bends the knee in front of her. And, you know, he's also thinking about his brother, too, because he says, you know, a couple of times that he doesn't think that his brother died naturally. He thinks that they killed. Oh, him. which I actually I don't, I'm not convinced that they didn't like I, I know he I mean, Jesus Christ, he was a decrepit piece of shit. But we know we, we've talked about the theories about the fact that he was being slowly poisoned and, you know, all this other I mean, I you know, I wouldn't be Did, shocked. Getting if we... lackluster medical care for things that should <laughs> right. have been easily treatable by people who have you know all the knowledge in the realm. Uh, yeah, right. Very, very suspect. It, um, very, and we know from what we know about Otto, not at all put it past him to kind of be you know handling that under the table. But um, so yeah, I I, I love and and it's again, it's like he genuinely is a prick and does monstrous things, but he does genuinely you know, care for his family and only his family. Like, I don't think, you know, he would make a good king because he's not somebody who's going to care about the common folk, but he does at least have enough chivalry to care about, like, other people fucking with his family to the point where, you know, he is just in, incensed and, you know, at, at any sort of, like, slight or hint that they were well, The, the scene he comes back from winning the war, you know, and he bends the knee to his brother, right. and that that impresses the hell out of Rhaenyra. That was one of the first times you really see her start to become endeared to him. You right. Know? So, so yeah, it's definitely, you know, I I'm I'm not overlooking the fact that he also uh, choked her, chokes his <laughs> wife. And, but and again, that scene also is very interesting because obviously, like, what a piece of shit. But also in that scene, she even realized she's just like, oh, he never told you because he never thought you were going to be the king because he never really thought of you as his heir like that's that's the great kind of subtext to that scene right well that uh, was why he was mad too because he, he was he furious she's lying to her he thinks that she's making up shit and or then he like, realizes halfway through choking her i think that like oh my god no he really didn't tell me something that he told her that's yeah. very significant like he it was all over his face he was just a, a hurt little boy in that moment you know like he was just a hurt little boy lashing out because his right. brother and you, you, that, that's another, another great part of this character is, is how much he's a mix of confidence and self-doubt and, and, <laughs> and like immaturity and time, yeah, and yeah. insecurity. It's, it's, that's why he's fucking fascinating performance, but I, yeah. So that is another scene. I really, not that I liked that scene, not that I was like, oh yeah, go yeah, choke right there. But like, I, I loved the way that they played that both of them played that scene and her, like, obviously like, what the fuck are you doing? This obviously is like the first time he's kind of put hands on her by her reaction but also like halfway through she's like oh i know like like almost like laughing because she's like well because in and in in also in her mind she that legitimizes her that viserys really always till the end wanted her to be the queen because he's like he never even told you about this and this is the most important thing in any of our lives if you knew and believed in this song of ice and fire you know what i mean like that's yeah so I mean, it, it, it legitimizes me it read it. as though she pitied him because oh, that she too. realized I, I agree, that but... he had come to this revelation that like you know his brother just didn't have any faith but, but, in him or trust him but she also thought that he knew about it which is why she just mentions it casually and that right before he chokes her but she, she assumed it right because she, she assumed like a viserys well he was his heir he, he, he obviously told him about this at some point but that I I just love that I love that that you know that in in it, that almost was like this great buoying thing for her too because she's like oh my god like he had such confidence in me and only me that I'm the only one he told about this mm-hmm. which also you know doesn't make me <laughs> super thrilled for her chances of surviving considering this is like mostly a lost sort of concept by the time we get to 
uh modern day game of thrones season one you know um, yeah yeah which means it had to have died somewhere uh and we know targaryens are on the throne up until you know the baratheons are so i uh but well the weird thing to me though is is that in game of thrones it seems like everybody knows what the white walkers are but that they haven't been seen for thousands of years well but the whole aegon targaryen is the prince that is pro- that was promised thing is like the specific i think lane of that that nobody knows about Okay, right. you know, you know what I mean. Like that's the well, that's the one so, aspect of it because so, everyone those, knows about the prince who's that's like a thousands of no, year no, no, old. No, no. Hang on, hang on. That's not what I'm saying. But if everyone in the Game of Thrones era knows about White Walkers, but knows that they haven't been seen for thousands of years, then how come people in this era, two hundred years prior, seem to have no knowledge of what White White Walkers are? at all i i feel like they've actually mentioned them like once or twice on the show like offhand i I could be wrong about that but i don't think that that's the case i think that the people think of them almost as a fairy tale uh the way they do in in like modern game of thrones but but they still talk about them a lot in game of thrones whereas here i i you know there's this prophecy but it could be anything and we don't know what form it's gonna take but think Um, about how little we heard about that out of daenerys and everyone down south like that was a we spent a lot of time with Northerners in Game of Thrones. Like that's a much more true. Pressing, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I think that's, that's, that's a good why. point. It was it was mostly the Northerners that kind of were were pontificating about uh, right, what, like, the, what the third horn was a warning for. I, like even the Lannisters, uh, like crying, like what the fuck? Please, like this is not like you know. Like, even the Lannisters didn't really believe in that, and they're like sort of mid middle Midwest Midwesterners and right, right. in terms of Westeros. So I, I think that's definitely like a Northern sort of superstition. Um, that obviously, you know, but they could, because they have tangential relationships with people that are at the wall, they're like, oh no, this is fucking real. Like we know this shit's real. Um, you know, so the question so, is, are we going to see them at all, uh, in this show? You know, that's a good, I, 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 I certainly, th- well, but you know, by the time, by the time of game of Thrones, it seems like that's right when they're starting to sort of wake up again because they, they are very cyclical. Like they were, why they the long night however they did it and it's like nobody really knows like in the history books of game of thrones how they stopped them but like they they managed to beat them back the white walkers and only at as of episode one of season one of game of thrones are they starting to pop up again as as i think what we're to understand in that in that season so i think it's more of like out of sight out of mind thing but maybe, 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 maybe we'll someone will take a it big just, flight up, like to the far fucking no- re- upper reaches of the north. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're going to have to tease it at some point, just because. I mean, how could you not? But right, uh, and, yeah, I, I still think it would be like you know, somebody goes up there and we see them as the audience, uh, but, but that person, them. you know, ne- doesn't make it out alive, right. so there's, there's nobody for them to tell. <laughs> That's that would be really interesting, especially if it's a character that like because a lot of characters in the books are just like, well, they were never seen again. Like that was like Lenor was like, oh, well, they, he was just never seen again, you know, like, but we know he's alive. But like in the book, you think he got murdered. Um, but it's so like that could be an interesting character to like send up north for for whatever, like, you know, whatever reason. <laughs> send in the dark guy. We'll have him get killed off and we'll. Well, I mean, because he's yeah. never actually been seen again, so he can't pop back up as Lenor anywhere. But. He can pop back up on the show in service of Renera and, I know, I, and you know, shoot up. I know you're a joke. I'm just saying, like, that actually could work. Send, send down the red shirts. They'll take care of this. <laughs> right. uh, um, but, uh, but no. And so, yeah. So that moment was really uh, interesting, I thought. Another moment I really uh, thought was interesting and, and has certainly 
bigger implications for the series and the franchise or whatever at large, the whole universe of Game of Thrones at large is the scene with Damon where he's going to, um, going to see about Vermithor, who is, uh, an unclaimed dragon. He, he was, uh, Jaehaerys, King Jaehaerys's dragon, the, the, the king who died and made, uh, Viserys king instead of Renice. Like he was the last kind of, he was the king who decreed mm-hmm. that, that it has to pass to a male heir. That was that guy who we saw in the opening sort of prologue. Right. And apparently I read that this dragon um, just, like, refused to let anyone else ride it out of, like, loyalty to his past rider. So, like, right. that shows a little bit more more intelligence on their part that, like, they might be partial to some some well, people committing them and others not. And that's, and that's, again, the interesting thing with the dragons is that we, as much as we know, there's still sort of a mystery to even the, to even the Targaryens. Like, that's the great thing about the sort of climax of this episode, which we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit is is the sort of callback to the first episode where where Viserys tells Rhaenyra like the idea that we control these dragons is a myth like these are you know these are wild animals like we do not we 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 don't know what the fuck we're doing we should never have tried to tame them in the first place like it's 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 complete hubris on our part to think that we could control these fucking massive beasts like you know these majestic massive beasts that you know, have, have a mind of their own and thoughts of their own and form bonds with each other and with us. And like, it's, it's crazy to think that we're there. Like we treat them like fucking cars. Not that he would know what that is, but you know, um, but it, it, it's just, I, I love that, that aspect of it, but that scene in particular is really interesting because, uh, Damon already has a dragon that he's bonded with in, in Caraxes and no, in, in in any of the books, no dragon rider has ever ridden more than one dragon at once. Like if your dragon's alive, like the other dragons like inherently can like sense that you have a dragon you're betrothed to or whatever, and like they won't, you know, let you ride them and, and vice you versa. You couldn't ride two dragons at the same time anyway, because I mean you're not you couldn't. No, fit but on like two but like no, while one's alive, you can't ride another one. And, which is why right. Daenerys only ever rode Drogon. And John only ever rode the one he rode, whichever one he rode. Right, um, right. But we know that like there's more than just dragons obeying commands or not, because we see that you know Danny can be you know a mile away from where her dragons are, and they're still you know torching a fleet. No, on th- her there's behalf. a. That's what I mean. There's <laughs> so, a there's a there's a weird almost supernatural or some sort of like bond. But I mean, you see in the scene with Renera uh, too in the beginning when she's given birth, they cut back and forth between her and her dragons, sort of having like sympathy pains almost like you know and like in the same sort of moment which is interesting but the other interesting thing about that scene with damon is like he obviously goes in there and he's like singing this song in old valerian uh and we know that like he spent most of his time um while he was living with with his wife kind of reading ancient like valerian or ancient targaryen like histories and ancient books um and there's this concept that people in this world think that there's such a thing as like dragon binding and like sort of like you know getting a dragon to to let you ride it even though it's not to get around their protocols basically like to hack a dragon so a lot of people are kind of theorizing that's what that song was sort of a way to like almost like like lull the dragon into sort of letting him commandeer it yeah well but but, but that's never happened in a book so that's it that'll be really interesting show revelation if he is able to ride and Vermithor, by the way, is a huge. It's the it's just smaller than Vagar. It's like the second biggest living dragon. So that's a big fucker yeah. to introduce. To well, the, he listed off all the 
you know, all the names of the dragons right. that they have and all the ones that are unclaimed and then all the ones that are just, I think he called them wild. Which well, yeah, right. Like different than unclaimed. Gray, like or never been gray ghost or something like that. It's like never been. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he's clearly like he's he's planning ahead for this war and knowing that like, okay, there's a bunch of dragons we can fucking get here. <laughs> right. You know, right. this is dragon stone. We should be in control of all the dragons that are just living here naturally. Right. Um, so, but it's interesting to see that, you know, he's, he's taking a very soft touch with this one. Um, well, and I almost wonder if he is trying to, to, to calm this thing and to, so that one, so that one of his daughters can ride it. Cause I don't think at least one of them doesn't have a dragon. Cause I was the one who wanted to claim Vagar for themselves the these the daughters um Bela and Faina the twins yes yes his daughters with with Lena so uh so just I think tr- I just I feel like I have to use my cheat sheet somehow so I'm just like <laughs> right. oh I know their names <laughs> like I did all this research I'm not gonna fucking let it go to right. waste um but but I just think that's a really fascinating aspect and I don't know how that would be resolved if that does happen because that isn't in the books but I mean I, it could be a matter of like Bela or whoever is riding that dragon and we just don't know how she was able to attain it because. There are no firsthand accounts of it, but that's how, yeah. you know, like well, that might be how it gonna actually They're going to need some resolves. bigger dragons because, you know, as we saw. Yeah, that, that um, thing's a fucking kaiju. <laughs> that is not a dragon. That is a Godzilla size. Riding a 14-year-old dragon is not a, or apparently that's how old a dragon was supposed to be that uh, got, uh, got Luke, taken that down. Luke was, was yeah. although, although I would say that that dragon was probably as big as Danny's dragons were after only like three years. <laughs> they, they, yes, that's true. But that's, I think... Danny's dragons were actually very small, even though they were gigantic on the show. When you look at any of these dragons, because they weren't like confined to the dragon pits all their lives. Like Drogon, I think is smaller than even like yeah. Damon's dragon, who's like one of the smaller dragons in 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 this. And, you know, they've got different coloration shit. You could have you could you know different species of dragons get bigger than other ones faster. Who knows? It's well, and it's and they were cool. right, and that and her things were like you know miracle babies that shouldn't have fucking survived, and it's like yeah, it's a whole thing, but. Uh, but that, but that's, yeah. I mean, when you look at Vagar, like you think like, oh yeah, dragons are fucking huge. When you look at Vagar, you're like, Jesus Christ, that thing is a f- the fucking like, 747. It's that, a God- that, <laughs> that thing is a, I mean, that, that scene was like genuinely like when, 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 uh, when Luke land, and we'll talk about the scene, I guess, cause we're kind of here when Luke lands at, um, at, uh, Storm's, uh, Storm's end. end. Yeah. To, to convince, <laughs> to convince not Robert Baratheon that they, that he needs to honor his father's oath. Uh, I love how like they just make all these characters kind of look like like you know dollar store versions of the the characters we started. Like it was like oh just get a fat guy with a beard and, and lo- you know shoulder length hair. It's fine. Like whatever. It's they all look the good. same. Call it um, good. Yeah. And but when he when he lands and it's fucking storm. It, they did great work with the fucking with the storming. Like you know like the sort of stormy sort of background. But and and the fucking lightning flash. You see fucking Vagar sitting that like just perched you know above considerably above the the parapets of the castle like just fucking it wasn't even close by looked like it was she was like uh, at least a couple hundred yards away it was like godzilla it it, it literally felt like an like like godzilla or like the like the t-rex scene in in you know the first jurassic park like it was it just was nightmarish uh to look at and i was like jesus christ like i mean that's when you get on that's when you pull the fucking reins all right never mind like let's I mean, as as soon as the, they showed that shot, I'm like, he's not making it out. Oh yeah, he's, he's just, just you know he's a fucking goner. <laughs> I don't um, know what the hell he was. Th- I mean, he's a kid. Well, that and that's the other great thing about the show is like the fact that they let these kids be the kid actors, like you know, Renera's kids especially. 
um, was to sell the point that they're like, you're sending these kids on diplomatic missions and they're literally fucking kids like this. This guy, you know, has no business whatsoever being a diplomat trying to convince this fucking, you know, this piece of shit Lord who apparently can't read because he was (laughs) furious that his maester wasn't by his side um, because he doesn't know how to read. So. He, like you're you're gonna have him try to convince this fucking guy who you don't even know I mean, like what, what if he had just fallen off the dragon on the flight there and the dragon right, in this fucking horrible the, storm that he had to fly right. through and he just like never heard from him again you're like hey did he did my kid ever make it to uh storm's end and they're like what who no like we don't who fucking knows like wouldn't you wouldn't you at least like have i don't know why damon know, didn't so. go i feel like damon should have went <laughs> You'd think so, but I think it was just more like a convenient, like we got to put the kids in harm's way in a place where they're going to be on their own, uh, and we're going to have some hot dragon on dragon action in the clouds, and, and this is where it's going to happen. So right, so you know he gets there, obviously, you know, and and he's doing his best, but he's he's not going to fucking speak up. Like he, what's what's he going to do? He's like, here, well, if if that note didn't convince you, I guess I I got nothing. He um, forgot to bring a marriage proposal. You know, yeah, he's got right. there's three which, daughters which, just standing there waiting for him, and he's like, no, nope, I'm already I'm. <laughs> is Renera like th- this is the other great thing about this episode that I forgot to mention earlier like after Renera gets crowned and goes back in there she's sort of like it, there's this nice little subtle like non-verbal acting that she does where she sort of sort of like shoes like the she's like sh- like directing traffic almost trying to show all these like inexperienced sort of like like aids and hands and whatever like what they have to do like what the traditional sort of procession of like the how you like like le- like how royalty enters a room and how you walk in front of them or behind like it, it was just a cute little moment i don't even know if like most people caught it but i, I like that she was sort of like trying to be almost like motherly and help everybody out and like show them where they stand and like where they walk and shit like that for you know for these regal processions oh, uh, yeah i like i liked the head turn where she you know like wanted them to stop following her right, right that moment that was that moment right yeah i, li- I love that stop exactly where she wanted them to so she kind of like turned her head abruptly to be like no you're fucking this up <laughs> <laughs> right but it wasn't even like a it was just like a guys just like it was like a trying to kind of give them like the quiet like iggy under the table of like hey just stand over there it's cool exactly um but i like that moment for her because it was it was just a nice moment of like yeah she's she's she knows all these all these stupid sort of you know routines and stuffy things but um she's in this sort of like you know rebel sort of stronghold versus like you know being in the actual king's landing you know uh in the red keep where everyone knows all this shit so she sort of has to almost like recreate that i i like that aspect of it um but you know she sends uh luke and and jace to to do her bidding and, and obviously i'm way more interested in what's uh what's gonna happen with with uh jace up in the riverlands and in winterfell because that's gonna be a really interesting uh i think he's gonna have a lot more luck in winterfell than with any fucking nut job that's that's currently occupying the veil they they, they seem to be a much less stable bloodline than, than the uh than the starks but well watch well, he gets there and aemon's also there <laughs> right <laughs> like throws, I, just, I left storms in and went immediately to winterfell to kill the other fucker throws his ass down the moon door it's like oh fuck well i guess you gotta have some more kids because uh, all our heirs are gone <laughs> um but no I, I yeah that's so that's gonna be really interesting and i don't even know i'm assuming that's still like house aaron you know is controlling the veil and house tully's controlling the uh riverlands uh, or i'm sorry not the riverlands um 
River Run? Yeah, I don't know. That that whole, I think that I think that whole region is the Riverlands and like her, their castles River Run. I'm sure someone will correct this, but in any event, uh, we know the Starks are in Winterfell because you know the Starks are always in Winterfell, and, unless some little like sadistic fuck manages to you know occupy it for a while but um briefly 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 uh so yeah that's gonna be really interesting and i'm i'm i was actually surprised we didn't see what happened with him this season but i'm, I'm assuming we'll we'll meet cregan stark uh next season <laughs> the 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 totally not ned stark we'll meet next season i'm sure right um, well and, and if they even show it though i mean this like i we were talking offline um the show has done a lot of skipping over um redundant scenes like I, I feel like it's going to start up and it'll there'll be a small amount of time jump where everybody is aware of what happened at storm's end already that um, might be true of like yeah i think that might be true of the greens i think the only i think we'll see that only because they're definitely going to want to introduce cregan stark into the show because i i get the sense he plays a significant role and that what right. better way to show him than to like get an excuse to shoot in winterfell you know what I mean? Like, because otherwise, I hope just, so. Because like, I, I feel like you know, the the only real criticism I have of this season is that it's just been so focused on only the royals. There's been no salt verse characters um, to speak of. You know, we've seen like a few peasants, but like it, you know, only in passing. Uh, and I, you know, again, it's you know, it's the it's the north people who I think most people positively identify with on this I, show. I, we, we've never met a Stark we don't like to some extent, you know? Like Yeah. Or, maybe or Sansa the, season one, you know. Even the even the the wildlings, you know, just like great characters, you know. Yeah. And and for the most part, the people that are born and bred in King's Landing are terrible people. Right. Horrible <laughs> fucking monsters. Um and and you know most Targaryens also that we've met, <laughs> other than the secret ones have been have been fucking atrocious. Um and you know, so it, it's you know it, it's interesting uh for sure. But I but yeah so obviously the the big um moment of the episode is uh after Jace uh or I'm sorry Luke uh leaves uh you know empty handed and is like all right well uh, I better get the fuck out of here because he wants me to cut my eye out and uh i don't want to do that <laughs> so uh he he takes off and aim and obviously follows after him to you know and this is the other thing we were talking about offline i i think obviously we kind of were to believe that he wanted to intimidate him maybe you know figure out a way to get him you know follow him and ground him so that he could you know take his it, the 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 thing to remember about Eamon is that he is still 16 even though he's he looks like a 35 year old on the show right now <laughs> right his character's supposed to be 16 years old so he's still a fucking impetuous teenager who's like no you motherfucker you took my eye i'm gonna take your eye like i don't care what you like he's still being a little bitch about it because you know obviously that's a, that's a major thing in his life that he's dealing with I mean, every day i'm not saying he's not justified to, me, to be mad about it but it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't think he ever really was going to cut the kid's eye out. I think that he wanted to harass him, and he's, you know, every time he sees him, he's gonna, gonna, you know, say, "Hey, I'm going to cut your eye out." And I, you know, I think he might have actually, if he, if he was allowed to, and in, in there. But I mean, I, I don't think it's. He well, certainly so wasn't going to kill book, him. In the book, he in the book, he really does want to kill him, and I think he actually does on purpose. In well, the book, but again, this is the show, so. But this is the other. If they want to. This is the other interesting wrinkle. So we know that the book is like third hand accounts and everyone thinks that he killed him on purpose in the book. He's got to make a decision as he's flying back to King's Landing. Do I own this or do I try to claim that, oh, I didn't mean to do it. 
and admit that I lost control of the biggest fucking nuclear weapon that the world has ever seen, this giant monster of a dragon, do I admit that I have no control over this thing and it has a mind of its own? Is that going to instill confidence in our allies? I don't think so. So I think that Otto or Alicent or him, maybe one of them comes to the conclusion of, well, it's done. She's going to fucking go to war with us. We might as well own it because the alternative is that we seem like fucking morons and nobody is going to trust that we're going to be able to contain these, uh, control these things in battle. And, you know, I, I, I actually think that that's probably a calculation. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was, um, or, or, you know, whether book or film version of that, that that's definitely like what, what you would be thinking. Because nobody happened. else saw it. I mean, this was fucking hundreds of th- or maybe thousands of feet in the air. Like all they saw was the, the remnants of the battle. So it very well could be played off as like, well, I mean, <laughs> not much remnants left or a couple of wings and <laughs> right. you know, part of a child's body. Right. You know, I, and I, I can't even imagine several miles out to sea by that point too. That, I, that, I can't even imagine anyone saw it firsthand. So it no. had to have been a case of like, he, he claims, you know, responsibility and, for you know, it. Poor, poor Eamon only even half saw it. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. Um, so I, I did want to, you know, just to, um, Kind of get the the director's insight here. I had one quote I wanted to read about that moment. Oh, yeah. I saw this quote, I think. It was a good quote. Yeah. So this is from Greg Yaitanes, who's the director of the episode. I'm probably saying that name wrong. But uh, but this also kind of contextualizes, you know, because, you know, it seems like he had nefarious intent from the get-go, just from the moment you see that dragon. But... So the director here says, you know, Eamon didn't even know Luke was going to be there at Storm's End. You know, it was just a bad coincidence they were both there at the exact same time. In his zeal to seize this found opportunity, he went out and played a very dangerous game. If this was Rebel Without a Cause, you'd be watching them play chicken with their cars. Here you're putting weapons of mass destruction in the hands of children. So whatever he thought he was doing, which was to, to, uh, which was to torment Luke, to right. scare him, to make him as powerless as Eamon felt in his life, the outcome, while tragic, cannot be surprising. Uh, Viserys, at the beginning of, season, of the season, says... The idea that we have control of the dragons is an illusion. They're a power man should never have trifled with. That was said to tie directly into this moment. I like that. Yeah. And I, and we, you know, we, we, we called that out initially in this episode and I, I really like that, that sort of, you know, payoff that for, for something that was, you know, not, I wouldn't say a throwaway line, but certainly not like a major plot point in the fr- when it was said, but I, it's, it, it felt like it was good, to me, it's, it's good it story. felt like it a Chekhov's good. dragon moment. It, it, that's why I mean, like, it, I think we even called it out initially as like, Oh, that's inter- That's an interesting way to look at it. Cause that's not something we've ever heard out of anyone in, in terms of talking about the dragons in this, in this series so far or in this, you know, franchise, whatever. But, um, but no, I thought yeah. that was a really interesting, um, there was another funny I, I wanted to mention this scene before we got to this but that that there was a great line in that scene with the actually i pulled the audio clip from it that i sent you because it, it you pointed out something i didn't realize it was foreshadowing it just it just happened to be a really funny line that managed to to be great foreshadowing for that scene um yeah let me, let me play that audio from from damon uh and and otto on that sort of bridge to the to the entrance of parapet bridge or whatever to the entrance of dragonstone Confirmed as the legitimate heir to Driftmark and all the lands and holdings of House Valarian, your sons by Prince Damon will also be given places of high honor at court. Aegon the Younger as the King's squire, Viserys as his cupbearer. Finally, the King in his good grace will pardon any knight or lord who conspired against his ascent. I would rather feed my sons to the dragons than have them carry shields and cups. 
for your drunken usurper cunt of a king. Aegon Targaryen sits the Iron Throne. Uh, well, you know, wish granted, I guess. <laughs> yeah, poor choice of words, that one. Um, <laughs> uh, but, I'm just but, glad we get to hear the cunt. We get to hear the word cunt on the show again, finally. It's, it's. I think we've only heard it like once or twice this whole season. It's always been, it's always been Damon, too. Like, or no, I, well, I think, didn't fucking uh, uh, incel boy, what's his name, Kirsten uh, Cole say it at one point? Called Renara. He might have, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then, then uh, Allison right. kind of gave him the stink eye for that one. But, but it's um, much more enjoyable when Damon says it because it's always about someone you don't like, typically. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, again, it's it's a great word. It really, not to put too fine a point on it, <laughs> right but uh, there, well, there the was show that, is so star for the, funny the lines. meme that I made. Um, you know, like the the can't decide which button to push meme. Yeah. You know, and uh, I made a little one with, uh, you know, the the two options on the buttons was uh, cunt and twat. And right. uh, then the picture I added to it was a picture of the hounds looking like he can't decide. <laughs> like, what do I do? <laughs> Just, uh, oh, God. I, get, I, I think I, I am ready him. to go back and rewatch that whole uh, series now after it's been like, what, three, three years? Yeah. Since since the last season. It's it's still so good, even from the first season. Like, and it even though the first season had its moments of like, obvious cheapness like just in terms of what they were actually able to spend on it it's still the Mm -hmm. characterization of those characters is there from pretty much day one it's kind of incredible to see how how much they nailed those characters totally i remember just the very pilot episode having some um kind of cringe musical choices that made me feel like it like we have to sell this to lord of the rings fans we got to have some music in here that feels like lord of the rings it definitely feels different uh, apart from the from the rest of the first season i would say yeah yeah, I think but by the time you get to the mid, yeah, yeah, sorry. Well, no, I just because that they reshot the pilot. The pilot that, that we've all seen is the second version of the right. pilot they shot for the show. Um, but even actors. then, it just it feels very, very different than the whole rest of the the show. But right, well, and that's and pilots are even even the ones they use are always shot significantly earlier, typically than the rest of the series. If it's not right, right. greenlit yet, um, but I and, but even by the midway point of the first season, I was watching you know a couple weeks ago and. Just that scene, the the fucking King in the North scene with Rob Stark, where he like where he decides he's gonna, where they basically like force upon him the the, the sort of like yeah we'll ride for you like we're fuck this shit we're not gonna let this stand and they all sort of bend the knee to him and they have the whole King of the, like that scene's just fuck like from that on that show the show is just cooking with fire throughout you know to to the end point you know eight years later ten years later however long it was, um but yeah so I you know th- this. Yeah, that th- that whole bridge scene too was great because it was a great um, sort of inverse of the first bridge scene we get on that very same in that very same spot where Renera is standing uh, in front of in front of Otto and she's on Otto's side and they're trying to you know get Damon to give the egg back and 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 they're like the ones that are at sort of you know the, the cross purposes but even in that scene you get that weird sort of flirty moment between Renera and and Damon where she's like yes just fucking kill me why don't you do it why don't you do it and take it you little bitch like what do you, you know like that that sort of interaction they have um which which is just interesting uh the sort of inverse of that now uh, you know how, how, how it's the total reverse of that but um yeah just well, great shit. It's, it's also just you know it, it kind of shows how far they've come uh, and also just that they've sort of always only seen each other as equals you know right. as far as like the other marriages they've had they've always kind of been like 
nobody's really good enough except for this person. Right. Right. And it would be sweet is, if they weren't uncle and niece. Like it would be very sweet otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's just kind of, it's, it's compelling just to, to see that because almost every other relationship dynamic we have ever seen on the show, it's one person who's in a much greater position of power than the other. Right. In, in whatever way. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe the most equal other footing you could say on the show was also incestuous, <laughs> but, um, you know, also one Danny. Uh, oh, oh no, oh, I was talking about just, just House <laughs> of the Dragon. I was talking about Jamie and, uh, Cersei, but oh, that, yeah, yeah I mean, that too. Yeah. Although she was a queen at one point. Yeah. I mean, even queen regent still like they, they always kind of seemed like, okay, we're on the same level. Like we get each other on a way that like right. nobody else gets each other. Well, know? she was, I, I think I, I, and again, I haven't seen, I haven't gotten to it yet and I haven't seen it in years, but I does, isn't she like queen queen at some point, like folk full on queen by the end of the series. I mean, she's technically always, anytime she's been the queen, it's been queen like, region. but like sitting on the iron throne, like running the kingdom sort of deal. Like after, after uh Tom and, uh, takes take slips on uh slips on the on the shit that wasn't cleaned up off the ledge from uh from <laughs> exactly <laughs> takes the plunge yeah i guess technically then she is remember she also... gets crowned and like they actually put a crown on her and shit i i have very yeah. vague memories of that season because that's just been so long other than like the big moments but but then she takes on that fucking sea pirate guy as a boyfriend so oh then, god then... fucking Euron. nobody liked him just no, and you're not trick. supposed to, but also just, no. like, he felt like a character that didn't fit well with the rest of the, the tone of the show. No, I think no. that would be, if I ever had one. Meta-wise, nobody like liked about. him either, right? That's what I mean. Like, even, like, outside of, like, the you're not supposed to like, he just felt like a very, ugh, yeah. You know, his, his costume was just like, okay, is this fucking, you know, Jack Sparrow? <laughs> right. Like, literally, like, this this costume design doesn't fit with anything else on the show. It was very um, weird. Speaking of Jack Spirit, I saw a fucking picture of um, Johnny Depp fucking wasted I saw bar. that. Was, oh, you saw that Jesus. picture? I was he's, like, oh my god. He's, man. He definitely... That's you know, still fuck, swooning fuck over Amber that Heard, But still, Johnny Depp is not looking good, man. He's no. fucking hitting that fucking nose candy too the, hard. The, 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 yeah, the years of coke abuse have finally kind of caught up with him, unfortunately. Uh, for him, he, he he held on for a long time. He was like still in his fifties, looking pretty young. But uh, yeah, that shit that shit really has caught yeah. up with him. Do you see that uh, shit that Matt Perry from Friends said about uh, Keanu Reeves, and then instantly got fucking burned for it? Yeah, because like, what the fuck? What's your problem, dude? Like, what what's your problem with Keanu? <laughs> like, what? Why are people like River Phoenix uh, dead and Keanu still alive? It's like because Keanu didn't fucking shoot up a speedball at the Viper Room and then <laughs> right. collapsed to death, <laughs> right? Because he, he was a fucking drug addict. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But Seriously, also, like, what a weird thing to say, like. I mean, Matt Perry, he's got like a right wing face. Look at his fucking face and tell me he's not like a fucking right winger now. And he's another. I just think I think years of abusing drugs just fucks your fucking brain up to the point where you just don't understand that there are things you shouldn't say out loud. Seriously. I mean, somebody who's as beloved as Keanu Reeves, a guy who's been like a lovable goofball his whole life and never said a mean thing about anyone, and you want to go after him. Right, and people like, all the time are like, that- oh, well, he, I, my legs were tired, and he had a subway seat, and he gave me... Like, all, anything you hear about Keanu Reeves is like the nicest, like, random, like, chance encounter with a nice stranger is, meeting. Seriously, this is a guy who, you know, like, will will not say no to any project no matter how much he probably should have and still will give it his all, even if, you know, his all is playing basically Keanu Reeves in every movie. It's just much to do about nothing at that, that movie probably should have said no to that one. Yeah. Or the fourth. No, I I haven't. Um, It's even worse. The fourth. Yeah. 
the fourth uh, Matrix movie. Didn't need to do that one. Really well, no, well, to. well, I mean, Much Ado About Nothing, he plays Don John in like that famous you know, Shakespeare play, and he's doing Shakespearean dialogue with the Shakespearean yeah. accent. I mean, people rag on his, and rightfully so, on his Dracula accent. You should fucking see him in Much Ado About Nothing. Like, holy <laughs> shit. <Ed. laughs> it's, I mean, it's uh, just imagine that, but also doing Shakespearean dialogue, which most actors can't do it's very fucking just difficult imagine him next. like bill and ted you know delivery of those lines <laughs> right right it's fucking insanity um did you see that clip it's going around of him um when he was a like a a beat reporter for um canadian yeah. broadcasting <laughs> you saw so that weird. shit it just it's so weird. what a fucking goofball i it, we needed to talk about some bearsness because <laughs> it right. was like a fucking bear celebration <laughs> right it, it, it was like he was yeah that, that, that was great but that's what i mean he's such a likable fucking goofball like how can you how can you be right. like oh yeah that guy should be dead like what the fuck is wrong with you Matthew Perry? which is i mean i mean clearly matt perry's being a bitter bitch about not having a career you know at the same age right. as keanu has but it's like it's there's a reason it's yeah, he's your likable fault, and you're dude. not <laughs> it's his own fucking fault he he had like a promising you know he he did that movie with uh the whole nine yards with Bruce Willis. That was like a big comedy hit. Like he had his transition from friends, but yeah. he fucking but, was a I drug mean, nobody, addict. He ruined his life. Like what the fuck? It's nobody not, from no friends. Went on, no one from friends went on to have a lucrative film career afterwards. Like no, well, it's just Jennifer Aston had her, had her run, but like uh, other than her, I mean, yeah. not, I'm not saying quality movies, but she, she was in big, like <laughs> romantic comedies for a good, you know, seven eight years but other than that i mean really yeah uh fuck it yeah the guy who played joey had no career whatsoever to speak of in movies david schwimmer the guy who played joey you don't even know his name uh matt uh, matt, Le- uh, matt leblanc, matt LeBlanc. Uh, uh, yeah. f- well david schwimmer had that the great fucking performance as uh robert kardashian in the oj series it's the only thing i really remember of his other than that yeah wasn't he he was in some like total ripoff movie of the graduate Right after Friends ended, he was in the, that, that movie, The Paul Bearer. I think was the the movie that came out like right after that. He was in that. Um, yeah, it's like a yeah. weird romantic comedy about like a Paul Bear. I don't know, uh, but yeah, but again, yeah, none of the other. Oh, well, Courtney Cox sort of had a. I, I'm, see, I'm a huge Scream fan, so I'm partial to her because like she was well, in all but those. That fun. was wasn't the first Scream before Friends started, or was it was that... like during? Yeah, I think it was like during. It was '96, yeah. so it was probably during Friends. And, I mean, she was in the fucking video. He was she was in the Bruce Springsteen video, so she she was already on the map when Friends <laughs> right, came out. Right. Okay, like she was already a fucking star. She was dancing in the dark with Bruce well before uh, well before she was. Kissed out of fire. I love that song. The great fucking song. It's a great fucking song. Guns for you. <laughs> maybe bruce's best song and it's very like unbruce and i love him but like it's a very un springsteen song but it maybe is his best song because it's just such a fucking yeah it's a banger um good workout yeah. song no, good it's, dancing it's song good uh <laughs> you could just yeah you can see like the the wave of like aerobics oh shit you know we could we could close the, the episode with that if we wanted to because it does <laughs> it didn't start the fire <laughs> can't start the fire there you go yeah uh, that'd well, be a good closing song i could make it so i could make it so yeah all right well yeah so i mean I, and again yeah so so luke is 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 vagar fucking you know vagar uh lunch meat and uh yeah and the last shot we see is renera uh you know being told this news by a clearly distraught damon i i again i just love that they're constantly trying to sort of hide his hand where he's like you know hide his hand in poker or whatever where he's clearly distraught and you see it like a subtle sort of wipe a tear away but they don't show his face they don't show his reaction to getting the news 
but he comes and you know sort of pulls Renera in front of the fire to tell her away from everybody and we see her reaction which is like okay motherfuckers like this that that's you know i was gonna try to be nice and it's war it's this, yeah it's fucking that's war. her war phase because she's so, the whole episode was the only one being like let's try to find a, a diplomatic solution to this i don't want to kill a bunch of people you right. know being she her father's daughter showing restraint trying yeah. to trying to show restraint and and admirably but these motherfuckers you know they they t- they took it too far and she's like all right well i, I guess i'm gonna do what i gotta do because what else am i gonna do at this point so I don't know exactly to what extent uh, Matt Smith was involved in the whole blocking of that final shot, but right. apparently it was his idea that he should be the one to tell her and that there should be no dialogue in the scene. I love or that. that the, you I know, love the that. dialogue is like inaudible and it's just, you know, you see him walk up and they start walking away from the camera and the, the camera's moving, in, you know, dollying in over the top of the table and everyone else around them, so, you know, gradually moving out of the frame of the camera as it gets tighter on them. And that he would just sort of kind of peel away and she would be standing there alone in front of the fireplace. And as the camera gets closer and closer, she would just kind of like, you know, just turns her head and looks almost directly into the camera, but not quite, you know, like just right. off the edge of the camera lens. So I don't know exactly how much of that was Matt Smith's idea, but he apparently there was a big chunk of like how that scene would go. You know, or, or at least the fact that he character would, better than any of the writers like he just knows well, he seems to understand filmmaking that, right. you know, like he, there's what, what words are going to convey anything that we need to know in that scene. Nothing. The most important thing is that we don't show their faces until we do. And then right. it's like, holy shit. And what <laughs> so, a, just genuinely what a coup to get him in this fucking role, because he's just absolutely elevating it to a point where I don't know that another actor could have added these little flares to it to, to really give that character some life. It's a, it's a big fucking commitment too. Cause you know, when you, when you do doctor who for a couple of years, like, you know how short British TV seasons actually right. are, you know, like and all the episodes are like episodes and six episodes season. And they're three minutes, like, so, <laughs> right. you know, and then they're going to swap you up for the next guy, you know, and, right. and another fucking limey goofball. Um, <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, but I've seen him do really good acting, like in Ryan Gosling's um, directorial debut film shot in Detroit called Lost River. He plays this just absolutely bonkers fucking skinhead that is just completely unsettling every scene he's in, like truly makes you afraid. Of I, I really got to watch that because I th- I've always been meant to watch it because I, I like the idea of Ryan Gosling. Dire- like, I th- I always like the idea of actors who work with interesting directors directing their own movies, like their first, yeah. you know, movies. Cause like, that's, you know, I, I've always been, I, I'm dying to see what fucking Leo eventually directs. Like, I feel like he's like the, the last fucking, like the, the last, you know, sort of infinity stone of like actors who clearly are working with awesome directors to make their own awesome shit, but haven't done it yet. Like maybe when he's like 50, he'll pull the trigger or 55, whatever. But maybe, um, I mean, Robert Altman didn't even direct a film till he was 44. So, right. yeah. Um, but if, but it, if it, you know, if it helps sell the movie on you anymore, uh, Christine Hendricks is in it. So yeah, just, no, and that's just putting I mean, that great, out there. <laughs> great cast. Interesting, interesting setup. That's why I'm like, oh, so and Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn is oh, in it, too. Another awesome character actor. So that, that'll be. Yeah. Yeah. I'll definitely check that out. I'm, I'm interested also, uh, just totally off topic, but to see how. Uh, Michael B. Jordan does with Creed three because he's directing Creed three for the first time. So I'm hoping it's a lot closer to Creed one than, you know, I enjoyed Creed two, but it was a, it was a lot more of a popcorn movie than the first one. 
Yeah, so I, 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 I know I've watched them both, but I, I can't remember them distinctly from one another, honestly. <laughs> the first one's um, way back. I'm, I'm sure all the cool shit you remember is from the first one, the scene where he's like running up the streets of Philadelphia and the fucking kids are yeah. doing the wheelies and the ATV behind him is like the awesome soundtrack built. Like all that cool shit and the great stuff about like all the dialogue with between him and Rocky in the first movie is fucking great. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. so good that like Sly Stallone, famous fucking mumble mouth, got nominated for best supporting actor Oscar. Like, who could have saw right. that shit coming? Didn't the original Rocky win an Oscar for something? It, so it... the first Rocky won for best screenplay, which he wrote, right? Um, which is amazing because everyone thinks that Sly Stallone's just this fucking dumb guy, and it's like, no, you got to be a smart guy to write a dumb guy script. <laughs> you no, really right. do, and, and and you know, and Rocky Balboa is a dumb guy for sure, and he plays that role perfectly, but. He's he definitely has a little bit more depth as a person, I think, than than most of the characters he's played. Um, but but no, yes, I, that movie is fucking great. So I'm very interested to see. What I, I forget like if Jordan you do have you it. seen James Mangold's Copland? No, I, yeah, that's another movie I really want. I've heard oh, good God. things about them. Harvey Keitel, Sylvester Stallone, Robert De Niro. It's just about a bunch of fucking dirty cops and like one good cop trying to like right. take down these dirty cops. But it's it's like a it's like a local. New Jersey cop um, where all the New York City cops live across the river and like their little all their little fucking illegal bullshit things are doing on uh, which is super right true there. to life by the way all the all the NYPD live in Jersey like none of them live right. in the city that they right. fucking state that they fucking I, I want to say this came out in like 1997 or 98 too yeah no it was, was right yeah, uh, but it feels like a Western. Like, the whole movie feels, the way it builds up to it, the conclusion, everything just feels like a Western. Um and yeah, James Bangold, who made the amazing Logan, uh, right. best X Men <laughs> movie, <laughs> aka the Western version of the X Men. You know, yeah, it may, maybe the best uh, you know Marvel movie, quote unquote Marvel movie ever made too. No, uh, I, I think certainly it's the most most film like Marvel project. Like you know, there there have been plenty of enjoyable, fun popcorn Marvel movies. That's one of the only movies that I'll actually hold up as like, no, this is like this could be really good cinema if you take sort of the you know, super, well, the, the, you know, fantastical elements out of it or like the emphasis. Yeah, which they, they, for the most part did. It was like, we're going to have a, you know, and we're not going to be like, hey, how do we get to this future that we're in now? And it was just like, no, here, we're just going to show this and we're going to be respectful that the, you know, fans of this franchise know that there's an infinite possible number of futures. And this is just one we're telling (laughs) based on, you know, one offshoot graphic novel, Old Man Logan. Right. Um, but yeah, so you you probably saw that little uh, Deadpool three teaser, right? Right, where where, where he's coming back, and that, my initial thought was like, and not even like for an in universe, like because I could care, I could give a shit about the Marvel canon at this point. I just thought it was a nice way for that actor to leave that role in such a memorable performance. But again, he's been so great that I'll fucking watch anything he's in as Logan. And sure. you know him being yeah. in Deadpool is going to be fucking hilarious because you know it's it's you know he, he's the one he makes fun of in every and, right. and he makes right. fun of him and, in every <laughs> scene he's in so it's going to be great yeah. but well and they've already shared the screen together in that fucking Wolverine origin story God. movie where Deadpool was somehow like I don't understand the fucking swords in his arm thing like because I get Wolverine's claws are only as long as his you know they they stop before his elbow but if your whole fo- you had a whole entire sword up your arm like how would you bend your arm. It, it doesn't make that, any sense. Total outside of cat. It, that, that was a fucking horseshit movie, and in, in top to bottom, that movie. But well, yeah, I love so. the fun with it they have now, where it's like I'm gonna t- go back in time and fucking kill myself in this other past timeline right. to <laughs> to erase this, which was um, great. Yeah. Um. But so that that's so great. Yeah. 
it'll be good. It'll be good. Um, I'm sure. Uh, and just just to to finally bring those two different ends of the franchise together in a fun way. They're going to have tremendous on-screen chemistry, I, I imagine. That's the, that's the one thing where I'm just like, yeah, even though I don't love the fact that he's returning to the role, I think they're going to have such great on-screen chemistry that it's not going to matter. Oh, once you yeah. Start watching, well, you know? and, and you know, you know there's going to be an inside joke there where it's like, hey, how come this cable guy looks just like Thanos? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. That's, that's <laughs> That's gonna be great. Um, and gonna, then, he, and then he's gonna, gonna be like, "Who's like Thanos? That. Like, who the fuck is Thanos?" <laughs> right? Oh, um, he's this the giant purple version of you, <laughs> right? Um, and he'll be like, "I don't see any resemblance." <laughs> right. Well, and Logan doesn't know who Thanos is either. He's gonna be like, "Who the fuck is that?" <laughs> right. Uh, so, right. but um, no. So that's gonna be great. But yeah. So I mean, House of the Dragon. I, I thought tremendous first season overall. You know, had 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 its peaks and valleys, but just really great and. The great thing is we really haven't had a significant battle on the show yet. And we're going to get, a t- I think next season is going to be just set piece after set piece, followed by like awesome tense fucking scenes of people arguing. And that's, I think when game of Thrones is at its best, when you, when we have characters that we've built up relationships with, you know, just fucking fighting each other to the death and then like making, you know, decisions in, in big fucking fancy rooms. Like that's, that's the shit that we that we you know sort of live for in Game of Thrones. So oh yeah, speaking of big fancy rooms, talk about uh, a glow up for that uh, the fucking giant Westeros table. Yeah, what the fuck? Nobody nobody could Daenerys's crew couldn't figure out that that thing had fucking lights on it. Like they, they couldn't. It's I mean clearly like you wouldn't get that much light coming through from a few candles <laughs> no, like but that. that. But that was so you know, cool. It's, it's Such the a effect. Cool visual. The director basically said like that was one thing he hated about the original Game of Thrones is that. You know, it because I, I don't know. Apparently, in the book, it says that the, the table oh. fucking, you know, glows, glows and is made out of obsidian. So parts of it are transparent. Right. And he's like, I wanted to do that. And I don't know why they never did that on the show. So he was like, I'm, you know, basically, that's going to be like, you know, they, they only light it up like that when they're preparing for war. And it's going to be a really fucking cool visual. And I, I saw a ton of people posting out like, pictures of that on twitter saying like this looks so fucking rad well and and every, a lot of people are pointing out like that should be the opening credits like it could still be the game of thrones music but next season it should just be the crawl across that table because right now it's just kind of confusing to look at like the different like it like the, the great thing about the first opening credits crawl was it sort of showed you where every region was at in terms of who was ruling it and who was yeah. where and that you don't really get that with the current. Like, I mean, sure there is like, oh well, the, the, this these two branches represent Renera, and and oh, I know, but like it's, I can't follow it. Like you can't I watch these it. YouTubers that are like, oh, this week this this part of the blood goes over to here to this sigil, and right. I'm just like I don't fucking care, right? Like, oh, who gives a shit? <laughs> but, but but that table's a great excuse to put that in. Use the Game of Thrones yeah. theme, put that in, and just show where everyone is on the map. Show their those little chess pieces they were using. Show those pieces moving. Like that's a exactly. Perfect. I think if I was if I, if I lived in medieval times, I would want to be like the person that that packs up and carries around all the you know <laughs> like large chess pieces. Yeah, somebody's got to be in charge of making those and caring for them right. and carrying them around. It's like okay, who, we're at the who's edge the of the keeper of the little the balls that they, yeah. they put in the little holes for the. I want to be the I want to be the figurine bearer. <laughs> I don't want to be the cup bearer. I want to be the figurine bearer. Well, <laughs> we know Viserys had a guy. Like we we know he had a fuck. He had a couple guys probably building those things because he was obsessed with his fucking little. <laughs> Little oh, old Valeria so Lego like, set, yeah. And if they didn't build it to the r- proper scale, he'd fucking beat him over the head with their <laughs> <Right>. helmet. 
Oh man. All right. So yeah, I mean that, and that's again, just great season. Uh, we got to wait probably another two years to see the shit again. So that's, that's less than ideal, but uh, yeah, I read today they're going to start shooting in early 2023. So there's a chance we might get to see it. They'll they'll probably hold it to like next year, 20 early, like, you know, January, February, 2024 would be my guess. But I mean, they can't have two years off between every season or it's never going to happen. You know, I, I think, well, yeah, I mean, but that's what, that's how they got towards the end of Game of Thrones. It was like, there was that big chunk right. I, I, at it, the it end. It was very hard because yeah, they had so many more visual effects, but like, I, I, but, don't think I mean, they think about this year, but think about how many year. effects are going to be in this. I, I, I agree. It'll suck. But I think because of the scope of what's going to happen over the rest of the series, they might need that much time to fucking animate it properly. Cause there's, it's going to be a lot of CGI. A lot yeah. of dragon bat. It's 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 you know it's not an easy. So I can imagine. The thing is, you know, if you have a, that long of a timeline, what do you do if one of your actors dies? You know? Oh, it's that that yeah. That's I mean that's the huge fucking nightmare in Hollywood. That that you know, I mean they've again Game of Thrones has recast people before, but it's usually in sm- like 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 Dario. This, yeah, exactly. Fucking, well, you know, they like, definitely did a good recasting on Dario because yeah. Ugh. That guy was really scummy um, looking the first one. Well, so like with Black Panther, with Marvel, it's kind of like, okay, we, we can write our way out of that because, you know, anyone can be the Black Panther. It doesn't have to only right. be one character. But here it's like we're kind of locked into, you know, like you can't just, you know, so plane goes down and Matt Smith dies. Like, what do you do? God, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, you would have to just like have a very, very huge recasting or you would have to just like and the completely change the, so- the story change it, yeah you know um and i know that's you know why you have professional drivers but everything but like you, you fucking see in the news like every few months some famous person gets killed in a car accident in la you know like it, right. shit happens i don't know i don't know protect protect matt smith and emma darcy at all costs <laughs> everyone else is whatever exactly right? shit, we gotta, those we gotta, two we need we need those two fuckers to survive to the end of this thing need auto um, high tower hey so you still haven't watched any of andor yet have you no i you know i i haven't gotten oh, around to it because i've been kind of catching up on this but i now that i have time yeah. i'm gonna i've I, and that's the thing is like it, it i definitely want to because i've heard it's like the best star wars series they've they've actually put on the film which is it, it's it's so, so ironic because it's like it's a it's probably the one i was least excited for when i heard about it because it's like you know who the fuck is like the, oh that like b character from that that good star wars movie that i didn't you know like, he's not it's not that he's a nothing character in rogue one but he's not nothing about him like stands out particularly in that in that movie although i imagine the series will recontextualize his, his role in that movie a lot but he's kind of he's still sort of like a, a gray everyman character right. and but it's it's all the other peripheral characters that usually you don't get to know anything about in a star wars thing right. you know it's so focused on like the hero that you never get to see you know much of the rest of the world really or how things work like it it, it it's it feels like you know, what if we showed all the parts of this universe that we've never shown in the films or the movies before to make it feel like it's an actual real functioning society or well, semi functioning society. Right. <laughs> and, you know, like, hey, you know, J, um, GRRM <laughs> saying, you know, what if you had Lord of the Rings? But like, hey, how does the you know tax collection system work? You know, right. they, they're getting way more into that with this show and it makes it feel palatable to me you know uh i just it's it's been great to see the same people work that worked on rogue one work on this but this this feels much better than that even um where 
I don't know. It's like people, people talking about philosophy in the middle of a scene, you know, and you're like, I've never seen this from Star Wars before. <laughs> right. And I, <laughs> this I, I, just feels, it, you know, it feels like they're trying to make Star Wars as good as Game of Thrones. Right. Which, which is great. It's, and, and that's honestly what they should have been trying to do with it from the start. Like, I think the closest they sort of got to that with, you know, having to stick to the rigid IP demands of like telling the Skywalker saga was like doing something radically different and introspective and character driven with, with the last Jedi. And we saw how, everyone shit their fucking pants about that. So they were like, oh, we'll never do that again with our big characters, but we can certainly let, you know, some talented writer attempt to do that with some character that nobody cares about. Uh, and so hopefully the, the reception to this show will get, force or will inspire them to be more creative with the bigger stories they're trying to tell in Star Wars, where they'll do that sort of thing and not fear. I hope like, so. Cause goddamn if reactions. They... If they go back to the Boba Fett uh, model, it's going to fucking, I'm just going to, if they do that shit again, I might cancel my Disney plus membership because that was so even man, even Mandalorian. Like I, I really enjoyed season two, but I, you could tell like by, by Boba Fett, which was really Mandalorian season three, they're just really getting, you know, just super like fucking like, you know, just, Oh, it's the, you know, the, the glup shit. Oh, fucking tweet. Like that's what it's, it's oh, becoming, yeah. and I just really hope that they kind of course correct for Mandal. Because, and again, the Boba Fett series wasn't written by and large or sort of showrun by the people who do the Mandalorian. So I'm hoping that Mandalorian season three is a lot closer to its sort of season one, you know, lone wolf and cub sort of roots. This show Andor is still like I don't know what it is. They, they must have like a like an AI that comes up with the names for characters, right? You know, because it's it's always like you know weird sounding first name one syllable, um, you know, basic double syllable last name that sounds like a thing. Exactly like Glup Shido. <laughs> There's just right. so many so many names in the show where I'm just like, oh god, you, you, did you have to pull that one again? Right. Like everything else feels so real except for the fucking naming process. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Well, all right. That does it for us this episode. Um, obviously, we won't have more House of the Dragon to review, but we'll be reviewing stuff I'm sure in the near future, uh, movie or TV related. We'll we'll figure something out. Uh, but. The, the main show we do every week is uh, Move Left Idiots, of course, our political show where we talk about uh, the news of the week from a communist, socialist, leftist perspective. Uh, so go check that out if you haven't actually listened to that yet. Um, you can find that and all of our other shows at SoundCloud.com slash Move Left, uh, Facebook.com slash Move Left Idiots, Patreon.com slash Move Left. I am on Twitter at Move underscore Left. Uh, and I'm on Twitter at Bike Slutty. Yeah, we'll see you next time. I get up in the evening And I ain't got nothing to say I come home in the morning I go to bed feeling the same way I ain't nothing but tired
Radio's on and I'm moving round the place I check my look in the mirror Wanna change my clothes, my hair, my face And I ain't getting nowhere I'm just living in a dump like this There's something happening somewhere Baby, I just know you Gotta stay hungry Hey baby, I'm just a master 